the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch, where I will be putting UFOs on the couch. And it's not enough to worry about terrorists. I also have to tell you about UFOs. And then the show is uh, called today UFOs, Fact or Fiction. But my guests, my three guests, uh, will assure you, um, certainly in their opinion, that it is fact. Now, the reason why we're talking about this today is because um, this just the, in these past days, um, there has been a sighting in Stephenville, Texas, and apparently there were previous sightings recently in other cities in Texas um, where uh, some people have spotted what seems to be a UFO. And um, in, uh, in typical, um, or at least going along with historical patterns, the military and the government are denying that it could be UFOs and instead are claiming various things like the sun reflecting off two airplanes. Um, it's interesting to note that about 200 UFO sightings are reported each month, mostly in California, Colorado, and Texas. And 14% of Americans polled last year say they have seen a UFO. And yet still, a lot of people um, want to make fun of this phenomenon, mostly because it scares them. It, it actually is a little bit similar to uh, terrorism in the sense that people want to use denial, um, you know, not so much making fun, but not wanting to believe that the problems exist. Well, it's even scarier in a sense to believe that um, UFOs exist, extraterrestrials exist, because at least we know what, what terrorists look like, whereas uh, there are a lot of conflicting ideas on what um, extraterrestrial beings look like and are like. My guests today um, all believe in these phenomena. They are uh, phenomena. They uh, do it from various perspectives, however. Jim Sparks is the author of The Keepers. He claims to be one of the few alien abductees with total conscious recall of his abduction by aliens. Tom Carey is the co-author of Witness to Roswell, Unmasking the 60-Year Cover-Up, and he continues to investigate what the United States government is trying to hide. Giorgio uh, Sukales is the director of research of the Center for Ancient Astronaut Research and publisher of Legendary Times, and you'll find out what all that means. So I'm not trying to convince you today that UFOs exist or that they don't, um, it is a bit of a concern whenever the government denies the reality of something. And you can make your own mind up after listening to my three guests today. It's something you do need to know about, however, so that you can make your own mind up or at least uh, formulate your opinions as this situation evolves. So why don't we 
um, start with Giorgio Suclis. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Yes, it's just fine. I just go by Giorgio, actually, because okay. uh, of, of that last name. <laughs> okay. And why don't you, I understand that you've been looking into what's been happening in Texas. So why don't you tell us what you found? Yes, I'm uh, quite honestly a bit baffled at uh, all the um, commentary that has been plastered all throughout the Internet and also on TV that uh, this entire sighting has all of a sudden been drawn into the religious realm where it is said or many people claim that oh my gosh this is a sign for the end times that right now this is most certainly a message from god that the world will end and quite honestly personally i think uh, that is uh, such a, a a wrong perspective to to look at these things because uh, if UFOs exist, then they have absolutely nothing to do with God, and it most certainly does not uh, uh, mean that the end of days are here. End of days will never be here. And what is the, the current status of um, what it is thought to be or what, what people are trying to claim that it is, what the military and government, I mean, I mentioned uh, this idea of light shining off of two airplanes. I don't know if you've heard some other explanations. Yes, and, and you know, the, the, the government and many uh, debunkers do claim that to all of these phenomena uh, there are perfectly natural explanations, but the truth of the matter is that there really aren't, uh, because if you have dozens upon dozens of uh, witnesses who claim to have seen the same thing, then you can essentially rule out that it is a natural phenomenon because, uh, you know, mankind is not stupid. And uh, if something looks to be of a uh, technical nature, then in all likelihood it was something of a technical nature and not a natural occurring phenomenon. If we, for example, look at the Phoenix Lights back in 1997, that was one of the biggest uh, UFO sightings uh, a mainstream UFO sightings that uh, the world has ever seen. And, and there we have a clear evidence that uh, this was not something that occurred naturally. Um, and so uh, to say that these things are just, um, you know, lights reflecting off of uh, planes, th those objects... They move around in such incredible ways. They accelerate extremely fast. They move in ways that our type of technology that we have today can't necessarily uh, reproduce. But then, then again, we also have to keep in mind that whatever the military is testing, uh, those things are always two or three generations in, in the future until they actually are presented to the public. Mm. So there, there's another intrigue right there. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Tom, what do you think about what's been happening in Texas? Well, uh, Dr. Lieberman, what struck me about this case is that uh, it appears to be a uh, solid object, uh, nuts and bolts type uh, uh, affair rather than just lights in the sky. And uh, the other uh, feature about the case is that there were so many witnesses, apparently. 
And uh, those two things, I think, is what catches the public's imagination, uh, something uh, that's solid, something that appears to be out of the ordinary. Uh, I think one of the uh, witnesses said that it was absolutely positively not from these parts, uh, meaning uh, if you could extrapolate that, uh, he's saying it's, it w- was not from this earth. Uh, the uh, witnesses all seem to be describing the same sort of craft, uh, and also the size of the craft, I think, is what catches the imagination, too. Uh, um, it's been described as being a mile long and a half a mile wide, which is a huge, huge craft. And uh, the uh, story made the uh, Drudge Report, which uh, sort of got it into the circulation. Uh, it's on the AP wire. It, uh, it finally made the Philadelphia Papers here today. And I can tell you that the uh, Philadelphia Papers usually do not carry UFO stories. So this mm-hmm. is something quite extraordinary based upon the number of witnesses, the uh, type of uh, sighting that it was involving a solid craft, and uh, the Air Force explanation also, <laughs> I think this is what uh, really upsets people, is uh, the uh, Air Force spokesman used the word illusion. <laughs> now, when I saw that, it just uh, got my dander up because uh, the Air Force person didn't even see the didn't see the object, but he's calling it an illusion, uh, uh, the sunlight reflecting off of two commercial airliners. Now, are you telling me that the uh, people of Stephenville, Texas, have never seen commercial airliners before at sunset? I don't think so. So uh, when they put out a, an explanation like that, it, it, it rings back for me as a Roswell investigator, the uh, the Air Force explanation for the Roswell event, which, by the way, the uh, Air Force cover-up started 60 miles uh, northeast of uh, Stephenville in Fort Worth, Texas, back in 1947, when they said the Roswell UFO crash was nothing more than a weather balloon. So they, they have a long history there of uh, coming up with these... Uh, fanciful explanations. And I'm going to ask you more about Roswell in a little bit, but let me give uh, Jim Sparks a chance to comment on the Texas event. Well, sure, and thank you for the opportunity. I couldn't be in any more agreement with uh, Tom and Giorgio. Um, I like to break things down in as in simple terms as possible, particularly when it comes to the government and asking the government, or, gee, what are these things? And, of course, they're debunked or they're denied. So I, I break it down in three phases. You have uh, what I would call the federal government, uh, particularly in the United States, uh, at face value. What I mean is that's the government that everybody deals with every day, from the president on down. I would say that better than 99% of those individuals really don't have a clue what UFOs are, what possible uh, extraterrestrials are or ETs are, where they're from and what they're about. So when people, when the public asks them questions, they really are not in the know. Then you uh, have a level that, which I call the second level of government, and those are the individuals that are pretty much privy to things like uh, retrieving crashed disks. Uh, they were, those are the individuals who um, back engineer. Those are the individuals and groups, and they're sanctioned and non-sanctioned agencies that perhaps have captured uh, 
still living aliens or bodies, and of course it's all top secret, and one government really isn't in touch with the other. Then you have the third level, and the third level is basically very, very much uh, above uh, top secret. I have a little nickname for them, and that's, I call them the Black Budget Boys, BBB. That's the level of government that clearly uh, is, in, so to speak, uh, in connection with extraterrestrial life. That's the level of government that actually has the high technology. That's the level of government that has, um, uh, you might say, almost as much uh, privy to the information of UFOs and extraterrestrial life as the ETs themselves. So when one uh, approaches the government or many witnesses see these things, they're either going to be dealing with the first level, which is really doesn't have a clue, or they're going to be dealing with the second level, which, of course, uh, they're going to deny it. And, and they deny it in a lot of silly ways, like uh, the two gentlemen just mentioned. For example, um, we've got tens of thousands of photographs that almost can't be explained as to be anything else but UFOs, and you'll get silly explanations like there are uh, two hubcaps glued together suspended on monofilament. So uh, depending on what level of government you're dealing with, is going to kind of give you the answer that these kind of answers. Well, um, you, I, 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 you each do so much interesting kinds of things. I'm not quite sure where to, well, quite, not quite sure where to start. And actually, this is a good time for a uh, for a break. I think when we come back, I would like Jim to tell us about um, his experience, personal experience being an alien abductee. Now, I know there are a lot of you out there scratching your head and saying, yeah, right, this should be good. Well, it should be good, but don't uh, don't laugh too hard. We'll, uh, we're talking today about UFOs, fact or fiction, putting UFOs on the couch with my guest, Jim Sparks, the author of The Keepers, Tom Carey, the co-author of Witness to Roswell, Unmasking the 60-Year Cover-Up, and Giorgio Sukalis, the director of research of the Center for Ancient Astronaut Research. And uh, when we come back, you'll find out more about what that is. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Cherry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Cherry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Cherry Douglas Show. Join Cherry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Cherry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcast each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. With no further ado, since we're putting UFOs on the couch, with guests who are expert in this um, phenomena, uh, we have Jim Sparks, the author of The Keepers, who claims to be one of the few alien abductees with total conscious recall of his abduction. We're about to hear about that. Tom Carey, the co-author of Witness to Roswell, Unmasking the 60-Year Cover-Up. Um, and Giorgio Sukulis, the Director of Research of the Center for Ancient Astronaut Research. So, Jim, just before the break, I promised that you would give us an account of what happened to you. Well, sure. Um, when it comes to um, the phenomena is, um, is a perspective that's um, a little bit difficult to swallow. Uh, the work that these two gentlemen do as researchers and investigators um, I admire and respect tremendously, and they come out with some pretty hard facts. Uh, what you may hear from me or what you're about to hear from me briefly is what one could say is hearsay. One might say, gee, did it come from this person's imagination, or this can be considered the sort of wild aspect of the phenomena. But uh, I am a down-to-earth, uh, couldn't be any more honest individual. I'm a person who had no interest whatsoever in this phenomena, no interest in UFOs, none whatsoever. And the best way I can describe what I am is I'm a person who was like any other individual in the country, uh, not having any clue, and it's something that happened to me. And when you get a perfectly normal person and something from uh, way out there happens to this person, um then they have many descriptions of it. Now, what makes me unique is that I, I am an abductee. I am a person who has had face-to-face contact with non-human intelligent beings by no choice of mine. Uh, most uh, abductees uh, have fragmented memories. Most abductees uh, have very little to no memories, and usually these memories have to be brought back by hypnotic regression. In my case... Uh, I have not had the benefit of hypnotic regression because it's better than 98% conscious recall. Uh, what I'm seeing is um, in the last 40 to 60 years, uh, our government and other free governments of the world 
uh, have been in touch and have been collaborating with uh, non-human intelligent beings. There have been technology exchanges. Uh, there have been technologies that uh, we were given, so to speak, uh, that can do a lot of things, uh, not just uh, travel from point A to point B with no time passing. Technologies have been given that completely defy the laws of physics as we understand them. Uh, technologies have been exchanged uh, for free energy uh, and, and actually to take the pollution from the globe. The problem with the phenomena is that it's so way out there uh, the, the the biggest concern with a responsible government is how will the public handle it, and that's the way uh, they've handled it in secret. They've denied, lied, and so on and so forth uh, back uh, since the late 30s and early 40s. And I think um, uh, Mr. Carrier will, will go into some of that. And, of course, uh, Giorgio can tell us about the ancient astronauts at that time. Well, uh, even during those periods, uh, from my experience, I know that they, there has been interaction with extraterrestrial life and UFOs with a select few groups of uh, people. Uh, primarily it's government or leaders and things of that nature. But in my case, um, in cases like mine, there are individuals that they do the same. And so tell us what happened to you specifically. Well, prior to 1988, I figured this stuff was impossible. Out of nowhere, uh, I call it being pulled when it's abducted. Uh, and I had a, a, so many of these experiences in the last 20 years, and I documented them. That's why I got the book called The, the Keepers, and it's not a plug for the book, but I documented everything in detail. And I've had what uh, I've had face-to-face contact with, with in this field is what commonly we, what are commonly referred to as greys, which are uh, these beings that are between three and four feet tall, uh, very large heads. Um, they have the ability to think a hundred times faster. They're uh, completely telepathic. Uh, again, they can go from point A to point B without time passing. Uh, they have the technology to be invisible themselves and their crafts, and I can just list it on and on and on and on and on. But what? What? But how did it happen? Were you sleeping? Were you? I mean, the first time. The the, the first time it was dreamlike, uh, as if something were coming into my room and escorting me somewhere. Uh, that led into the, something as simple as myself being um, in the living room or myself being in my car, and the technology as it is, uh, you black out, and then when you black out, you're at point A, wherever that may be, car or home. When you regain consciousness, you're at point B, which is in their presence, which in most cases is in a room aboard a craft. And... Do have has anyone seen you? So I mean, do you disappear essentially? Right? Well, if someone were were sitting with you in the, well, I mean, I guess it doesn't happen when there are other people around. Well, the the most comforting thing that could ever take place uh, for a person like myself who's had these experiences uh, in the phenomena would be when there there are eyewitnesses, and there have been uh, a few occasions where I have been out in the public uh, akin to the sightings that uh, they're seeing out there in Texas and myself knowing a, a moment or two before that, that there would be UFOs appearing, uh, just being, for, for example, I was out at the beach, I knew something was about to happen, and I just mentioned to strangers that were around me, you're about to see something uh, phenomenal. And uh, within a few seconds, uh, a craft uh, appeared in the uh, high in the atmosphere, and then it uh, got as close as a couple of hundred yards, and it was about the size of two houses. 
and many, many, many witnesses saw it. I knew that before it was going to happen because I got a little uh, little message saying, you know, take a look out in this direction, you're going to see us. I've uh, been to a few places where that's happened publicly, and that's uh, emotionally satisfying. These beings have uh, uh, come in out of our skies. They've had business-type agendas for many tens of thousands of years in secret. And once again, uh, there's been somewhat uh, what I call the privileged few groups and individuals who've had interaction. Primarily what's happening now is they're seeing something that we're all starting to see, and they saw this years ago, which is our environmental woes. They're seeing the problems with the atmosphere. They're seeing the problems with the seas. They're seeing the problems with the rainforest, and they're seeing the problems with the, uh, uh, the polar caps melting, the glaciers melting, and they have a vested interest in this planet, primarily, as I mentioned, in secret. And they're sort of making themselves known. So these, what we're seeing out there doesn't surprise me today. Well, okay, what wait, wait. What is their vested interest? Uh, for thousands and thousands of years, they're separate from us, and then they're a lot like us in many different ways. Uh, there's raw materials here uh, in their high-tech world that they use for many different reasons and reasons for high-tech that have been light years ahead of what we've been doing uh, that would make your head spin. But as uh, time has passed and since Roswell and up to today, our technology has caught up with uh, the gap is being filled, so to speak, and some of the stuff, you know, can begin to make sense. Uh, human well, beings in general, um, it's pretty tough to deal with uh, humans in general. Uh, well, wait, let's go back. When, when, they, when you would find yourself in a room in their craft, what was their purpose? in abducting you? What Did they ask you questions? Did they want to know information from you? Why Why did they do this to you? Well, it's the first, uh, I break it down in three parts. The uh, first six, seven years for me were horrible, trauma-filled. Uh, the MO was isolation, fear, and confusion, confusion and really not, uh, and, and they were extremely ambiguous and not really giving me a clue as to why I was there. Uh, now, I'm going to say things that are kind of scary. I don't like to go into this area because then People are going to think, well, they're totally scary beings. In my case, and in a lot of abductee cases, there were emotional experiments. Uh, there was semen extraction. Uh, there was uh, surgical procedures where uh, genetic material was uh, taken for whatever experimental reasons. That was the first six, seven years. The years 7 through 13 for me, uh, I've gotten to see an agenda. Uh, an agenda would be... Um, there have been mass abductions. Uh, the majority of the people that are taken um, are given or a um, an environmental lesson, so to speak, uh, and then the physical memory is taken away. They're brought back home, but they're enhanced with knowledge. Uh, environmentally speaking, they're enhanced with knowledge uh, that would uh, uh, lead to the human species evolving for the first time in its history. And then the years approximately 12, 13 through 20, which I'm at 20 now, uh, I've just seen this uh, uh, program going on um, in, in much more detail. Now, something I should point out that I think, uh, and I've always said since day one, is in, in the big majority of these abductions or these interactions, I have personally seen face-to-face -face military personnel. I call it para, uh, paramilitary personnel. I'm not going to say it's any of the four branches. I think it's a branch of its own. 
They've never hidden their faces from me. I've seen them working in conjunction with the uh, with these non-human intelligent beings. And many, many, many of my abduction experiences has involved both groups, both there at the very same time. Uh, the claim on the uh, the human aspect part of it is is they would like to see a lot of these technologies go to the public to benefit the human race in general. The problem they're having with bringing these things forward is uh, what will you do to me uh, for crimes committed against humanity, the crimes that they've committed to keep these things secret. Primarily, it's been for the security of the country, and um, they're looking for an amnesty bill so they can come forward with a lot of these technologies. And that's, that's been Jim Sparks' take on this thing. Okay. When we come back, we'll uh, hear what my other guests have to say about this. We're uh, talking today about putting UFOs on the couch, whether UFOs are fact or fiction. You just heard from Jim Sparks, who's the author of The Keepers, and uh, his experience with uh, aliens. And we'll hear what Tom Carey, the co-author of Witness to Roswell, has to say, and Giorgio Sukalas, who is the publisher of Legendary Times. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com 
or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking about some uh, very uh, edgy stuff, putting UFOs on the couch. My experts are... uh, uh, giving their viewpoints, um, they are experts in UFOs and extraterrestrial beings. Um, I'd like to ask Tom Carey to comment on the account that we just heard by Jim Sparks um, about some of his experiences with um, extraterrestrial beings. Well, uh, Dr. Carroll, uh, uh, do, you, do you want me to co- comment on Jim's, ac- Jim's yes. account? Yes. Um, to be quite honest with you, uh, I am my area of interest is uh, probably at the other end of the spectrum right. uh, of UFOs, and when it comes to abductions and uh, you know, uh, I know uh, what is it, crop circles and things like that. I I defer to the to the people who have investigated that and uh, have uh, first-hand experience, and uh, my own opinion in those matters would would uh, you know would be uh, I would defer to others. But uh, Jim's account, he, you know, he sounds sincere. Uh, he, uh, uh, I, I, other than that, I, I couldn't comment on his uh, what is uh, you know he says has happened to him. Well, why don't you um, use this as a way to get into your what you are an expert about, um, the Roswell incident, unmasking the 60-year cover-up. And since there are some things that do sort of overlap, I mean, talking about the, um, the extraterrestrial autopsies and things like that. But first, if you could just give sort of an introduction to Roswell. Yes, uh, the Roswell case is... Uh known as the granddaddy of all UFO cases, the uh, where it all started and where the cover-up started. And uh, I know myself, uh, myself and my co-author Don Schmidt, for the last 16 years, 17 years, a combined 35 years between us, we have concentrated on the justice one case. And that, that will give you some idea of how large the UFO phenomenon has become that we could spend the last 17 years on just one case and we're still going strong on it and what it involves uh, for your younger listeners the uh, modern age of UFOs began two weeks before the Roswell crash this would be uh, late June 1947 the crash was in early July of 1947 and uh, that's when the wave of UFOs that uh, hit this country and perhaps the world really began in the modern era now what happened was something crashed uh, about 40 miles north of the town of Roswell New Mexico which is in southeastern New Mexico and uh, the Air Force sent uh, investigators out, 
brought some of the material back that had uh, uh, been picked up on this uh, uh, cattle ranch. And the next day, they put out a headline that went around the world that said that they had recovered a flying saucer near Roswell. And the the headline went around the world, and they started uh, receiving phone calls from uh, Great Britain, China, to say nothing of uh, you know the uh, all over the United States. So, as as the uh, interest was growing, uh, the anxiety was growing. The very next day, this would be July ninth, nineteen forty seven, the Air Force changed their story. They said that the men of the 509th Bomb Group, now this was the elite unit in our armed forces back in 1947. It was the unit that dropped the atomic bombs to end World War II. Hmm. They were hand-picked. They were the best men and women that we had in the service. The uh, Air Force said that they were mistaken, that this unit could not identify, or they misidentified a common rubber weather balloon with a with a tinfoil radar target for a flying saucer that they mis, uh, misidentified it. And the story died right then and there. Press lost interest. The, uh, the military involved were silenced. The, uh, the uh, civilians involved were threatened with their lives into silence. And there the story lay for 30 years until the the Air Force intelligence officer, who was the first military person on the scene, broke his silence and said that he had handled pieces of an extraterrestrial spaceship back in 1947. Uh, a UFO investigator uh, by the name of Stanton Friedman interviewed him shortly thereafter, and at that point, uh, we're talking now 1978, the reinvestigation of the Roswell incident by civilians, including myself, although I got into it a little later, uh, began. The first book on Roswell, The Roswell Incident, which uh, sort of get, has given the uh, title for the whole subject, The Roswell Incident came out in 1980, and a number of books came out since with the peak year being 1997, the 50th anniversary, when a lot of books came out, uh, the, the, the Roswell incident was featured on the cover of Time magazine, uh, lots of news shows, lots of news coverage, and uh, that was sort of the peak year. Now, myself and Don Schmidt, we wanted to continue a proactive investigation of the Roswell case, uh, looking for uh, additional witnesses. And uh, as you know, the uh, World War II generation, according to statistics, is dying off, passing away at a rate of about twelve to 1,500 per day. So Don Schmidt and I, uh, we consider our mandate to find every last witness to this event that we can find, get their accounts on record, and uh, uh, and have so much information on the case. We have over 600 witnesses to date. Hmm. Uh, to uh, to get their accounts because if if they pass away and no one's talked to them, their accounts are lost forever. So that's that's basically what has happened to the Roswell case. The Air Force position today is still that they modified it a bit in saying, well, it wasn't a weather balloon; it was a top secret 
Project Mogul balloon. Now, Project Mogul was a an attempt in 1947 to send aloft by numerous balloons an acoustic sensing device to try to listen in on the expected detonation of the Soviets' first atomic bomb. The, the project was a failure. The project was top secret, but the balloons they used and the radar targets were the exact same type that they had claimed in their weather balloon story, being hmm. rubber balloons and tinfoil radar targets. And so that's the Air Force position as we speak, that it was this Project Mogul. And uh, it sounds good to the uninitiated uh, or to the casual uh, reader. Uh, oh, yeah, that sounds great. But once you look at the project, it collapses like a cheap suit. Hmm. And uh, as I said, we, we have put together uh, in our book, uh, Witness to Roswell, uh, a lot of the new witnesses that we have found in the last 10 years. Don Schmidt and I have been a team since 1998, and this would be, I guess, our 10th anniversary year, uh, but uh, we are still finding new witnesses, and I can tell your audience that none of them are pointing their finger at a weather balloon or a Project Mogul balloon device. They're all talking about something that was not from this earth, to quote Jesse Marcel. And what about these ET autopsies? Well, the uh, we have a number of witnesses who have told us that a preliminary autopsy was attempted at the base hospital there in Roswell as, uh, when they brought the uh, the uh, alien uh, bodies back to back to the base, and and the description was very similar to what uh, Jim Sparks uh, just said. They were three and a half to four feet tall. Uh, the overriding feature is the large head, or was the large head. Uh, the the body was maybe 30 to 40 pounds, but that had this large pear-shaped head, shaped like an inverted pear, <clears throat> slanted eyes, slightly slanted eyes, two little holes instead of a nose, two little holes in the side of the head instead of ears, and a little slit, perhaps an inch long, for a mouth. Now, the autopsy was attempted, but because of the smell that was uh, uh, making everybody sick, they uh, uh, terminated it or aborted it and shipped the bodies to Wright Field, uh, known as Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, uh, for further uh, for further study. But uh, if you're talking about the so-called alien autopsy TV show that they did back in the uh, mid-'90s uh, called Alien Autopsy, that particular show was a hoax. Yeah, no, I hadn't heard of the show, but, you know, it's interesting how um, the description of the E.T.s are very much like E.T., I mean, yeah. the movie, ver Steven Spielberg's version of E.T. Yes, yes, the, uh, the that was the 1977 movie. Uh, what's interesting is that movie came out before the... Before the uh, uh, the base intelligence officer that I just spoke of, Jesse Marcel, uh, broke silence. So uh, Steven Spielberg was a little ahead of his time there, unless he had some info inside information. But they resembled uh, uh, his depiction uh, quite closely. Well, yes, and you have to wonder whether there was some sort of unconscious awareness of this um, when he did that movie, you know, rather than necessarily a scientific study. 
Well, when we come back, we'll hear more about this from uh, from my guest, Giorgio Sukulas, um, and we'll hear his take on this whole phenomenon as we are putting UFOs on the couch today on Dr. Carol's Couch. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking about UFOs, fact or fiction, and putting them on the couch with my three guests, Jim Sparks, Tom Carey, and Giorgio Sukulis. And Giorgio, let's start with you, um, for this segment, um, why, well, first of all, why don't you give us uh, some comments you've been <laughs> on what has been going on so far on the show, and then I'm going to ask you to explain about the ancient astronaut theory. I'm thoroughly enjoying being part of this show. I mean, all the information that my colleagues have uh, so far reported on uh, are truly incredible, and I'm glad that this is a show that actually not tries to debunk uh, on uh, on a very you know uh, 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 in a very violent way the UFO or extraterrestrial question because mostly and I'm sure my colleagues can agree with this uh, when we appear on shows on the radio or on TV uh, uh, the, the host usually tries to violently debunk these entire stories so. 
Carol, thank you very much for being so kind to us. You're welcome. Because I... it, it, you know, it is very important that 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 these these stories and these opinions uh, and accounts do reach the mainstream. Because as we've established at the very outset of the show, uh, not many people, number one, know about this, and then if they approach the subject. Then they, you know, in the back of their heads, they got the Twilight Zone music playing, and they say, "Oh, wow, this is just a bunch of kooks mm-hmm. uh, that that talk about this." And that is really not the case. Um, but the mainstream uh, conception of the UFO, or even of the ancient astronaut theory, because of uh, negative uh, propaganda and or uh, you know main- dogmatic mainstream views. Uh, it's been dragged into the absurd, and it really doesn't have to be uh, absurd at all if you look, if you take the time and look at the evidence, because you can dismiss something very easily, very quickly, but if you sit down and, and look at this stuff, then anyone with a half a brain will have to realize, hold on a second here, something is going on. You know, and the question is not... You know, is there a phenomenon? But what is the phenomenon? Mm-hmm. And in my particular case, my UFOs, they happened in the remote past. And uh, it, the ancient astronaut theory essentially is a bridge between modern times and ancient times because if we look at all the ancient cultures, their oral traditions, and also their written accounts, we have countless of reports of these strange beings, well, not necessarily strange, but um, humanoid-looking beings that visited mankind in the remote past. And um, because, for example, all the, the, the origin stories of most cultures, they all begin the same way, that there was the, dark, the darkness of the void, and, uh, and out of this darkness came a silver egg, and that egg, out of this egg came the teachers of the sky, the masters, uh, I mean, the, um, uh, the keepers of knowledge, and they imparted some of that knowledge to us. Now, this all sounds very wild and crazy, but, you know, we'll have to look at these old accounts from a modern perspective. And basically, the ancient astronaut theory tries to prove whether or not uh, Earth has been visited by extraterrestrials in the remote past. And, uh, you know, there are many examples where the natives or particular cultures ask these beings, uh, where do you come from? And uh, the visitors never pointed across the ocean or across, uh, you know, the, the mountains and said, well, we come from over there. But they always pointed to the sky and uh, essentially said, you know, hey, we, we come from out there. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the problem is that, unfortunately, in our society, we have two types, essentially two groups of people. One group... Uh, totally is enamored with the, the religious idea that we are the pinnacle of creation and that there's absolutely nothing greater than us. 
And so they explain everything, every mystery they explain away with God or spirituality or something like this. Now, I do not debunk God, nor do I debunk uh, spirituality, because the spiritual realm most certainly exists. Then we have another group, the scientific kind, and they try to explain everything away with science. And, of course, in, in... what I'm telling uh, the audience right now, I am speaking in general terms. Of course, there's always exceptions to the norm. Um, but also the scientific group, they say that regardless of what's going on, we are still the pinnacle of creation. So right there, we're faced with a dilemma. Because in our worldview, something like extraterrestrials almost doesn't fit. Because if extraterrestrials exist, then, oh my gosh, that means we are not the greatest, we are no longer the pinnacle of creation, and that creates a problem. Because then, essentially, that would mean that we have to rethink who we are as a species, and not many people are are ready for that. And therefore, I think that movies like E.T., movies uh, like... uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, or the new Indiana Jones movie that will come out uh, in May of uh, this year, Indiana Jones and the, and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which allegedly has an extraterrestrial plotline to it, those are all means to prepare the masses that possibly stuff that we've been taught in school might not necessarily be true. And I think it's a it's a, it's a brilliant backdoor approach uh, to you know prepare us for their return or or, or or an official contact because abductions and encounters uh, uh, with with extraterrestrial entities have not only happened in the past but they most certainly have continued to the present day. Well, that's interesting. Uh, you know, when you think about the movie ET. Um, it, that really turns the extraterrestrials into something uh, not only benevolent, but almost that we want to cuddle, you know, rather than be afraid of. Now, our time is running out. Um, I, I do want to mention that you can hear um, my guests if you'd like to, and if you'd like to hear from them further, or um, in the case of Tom Carey, it would be his co-author. Um, they are going to be at an international UFO congress, which takes place at the end of February 2008. And you can, um, I'll give you a telephone number where you can call to find out more information about that. It's 303-651-7136, or you can look it up on the net, International UFO Congress. And I'd like to give my guests to um, the opportunity to tell you where you can uh, find out more information from each of them individually and buy their books and so on. So, Jim Sparks, where can people get The Keepers? Well, thank you for that opportunity. Uh, it would be jim-sparks.com or jim-sparks.com, and it would be The Keepers. And we also have a documentary called The Visitor Phenomena. And, by the way, that conference is in uh, Laughlin, Nevada, too. But it's Jim Desparks. Thank you for that. Okay. And Tom? Yes. Uh, your listeners can obtain our book, uh, Witness to Roswell, Unmasking the 60-Year Cover-Up at Your Local Borders or Barnes & Noble. Uh, 
Uh, I will be speaking at the New, Jer- New Jersey MUFON Conference in Atlantic City at the Trump Plaza Hotel uh, next month, February 15th, 16th, and 17th. And uh, you can check our website, uh, www.roswellinvestigator.com, for information about uh, our investigation. Okay, and Giorgio? Well, thank you very much. Uh, the website is legendarytimes.com, one word. And uh, we've got a forum on there so you can interact with uh, people that are interested in this stuff from all around the world. And we have a new section that we update daily. So it's a very interactive and updated site. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing you, uh, some of the audience there. And I'll also be speaking at the International UFO Congress in Laughlin, Nevada on February 24th. Yes, so now you get a chance to listen to all my guests. You have to go to both of those conferences. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you all for sharing this. I know that uh, it probably isn't easy because of people not wanting to believe this, um, not wanting to. I mean, on the one hand, you know, uh, I guess it does all depend upon the presentation, but it is kind of scary stuff because of, uh, because for one thing of, of, um, people being fearful of what their intentions are, but also the idea of not being the uh, number one species is, is a scary thought. That's not what we're used to. So thank you again, my guest, Jim Sparks, author of The Keepers, Tom Carey, co-author of Witness to Roswell, and Giorgio Sukalis, the director of research of the Center for Ancient Astronaut Research. So thank you all for listening. Again, it's up to you to decide, but at least uh, you're a little bit more informed now than you were before you started listening today to today's show. UFOs, fact or fiction, we've just put UFOs on the couch. And I'd like to, again, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.